0: Hi everyone, my name is Yarrow, and you're listening to the Embodied Business Podcast. I'm happy to record for you on a stormy Monday morning in Scotland, an episode all about growing your newsletter in ethical ways. I believe I've talked about this many times, I ran workshops on this topic, I think I even had an older podcast episode, but... I felt like it was time to update the topic and think about what our newsletters mean to us now in 2023 and why they still matter I think in my opinion. So yeah, thank you for joining me. My only announcements are that I'm currently booking web design clients for May and June. So if if you're interested, please reach out. Um, And also in April, in the week of the 10th, I'm running a marketing immersion that I'm very excited for. We'll talk about um, DIY, ethical ways to build community around your work. It will be a workshop a day from Monday to Thursday, so quite intense, and then co-working each of those days afterwards so that you can make time to implement what we talked about. And then on Sunday, we'll have a really beautiful celebration of our livelihoods and what we've done that week. And I'm offering this in an immersive way because I think marketing is a tricky, big and complicated subject for many people. And I thought that if we get together and we really look at it and we really map out what we want to do, what we want to let go of, we can move on with our lives afterwards and deal with other stuff. So... Let's uh, slay the dragon in a week. Um, I would love for you to join us. All right, so why growing your newsletter even is important? I wanted to start here. I actually always want to start here. You know, what is really behind our intention with anything in our businesses? I think that's so important. It's so easy to be on Instagram and think, well, everyone wants to get to 10,000 followers, right, or everyone wants to build a newsletter list, but you have to understand why you wanna do this in order to feel like you've been successful with that endeavor. So I think for me, I love having a newsletter because it keeps me independent a little bit more at least than being on social media would. It means I have a space where I can express myself in my own way. I can put images and text together. I can embed audio and video if I want. I can also make space for a really long waffle if I like. I'm not kind of limited by a word count. I don't have to make a reel if I don't want to. Um, So it's really kind of like a way to lovingly put together what is up for me that month. Um, And the independence, I'm thinking of, um, yeah, really not being tied to an algorithm. Even if I miss a newsletter for whatever reason, that doesn't mean that the next one will flop, which can be the case when we drop the ball on social media. And and that feels good to me. That's kind of something that happens in my own rhythm. It's also a way to talk to people more directly, obviously. I think um, it's important for us to think about also, you know, how do people receive what we're sharing with them? And we can share really beautiful things across all kinds of channels on the internet. And, you know, how those land really depends on what we're saying but also the headspace that people are in when they are in that space so when you are scrolling on your phone for example and someone shares something meaningful it could sometimes really hit you I know that happens for me sometimes Um, and you might also be looking for something really specifically and so when you find it it feels amazing that sometimes happens to me on Pinterest when i'm looking for like a cool pattern for example and then someone has posted exactly that that feels amazing but often on social media i am exposed to so many different people and ideas and posts that it can also really pass me by and so a newsletter to me feels a little bit different if i make the commitment to receive one from someone then i'm usually also really excited to receive it you know i mean the oh, yeah, but you know I I might sit down with my tea and take a break from work and really read it for a few minutes and that's just much more attention and openness that I'm giving that newsletter than I would uh, something you know a pin on Pinterest usually. Um, I also like the idea of this onion model and I will probably record a whole episode on that at some point. But for now, I'll just say it's this idea that at the core of your work is you and that's maybe not true for all of us you know some of us work in cooperatives some of us have businesses that are less about us as people but many of us do see ourselves at the center of our work because we are you know the person who does the thing um <laughs> more or less and so you're at the center and you have this very far outer layer where you're sharing stuff that's free and accessible to anyone on the internet. So that might be your website, your blog, your podcast, your social media posts. Anyone can go and check them out. And that's the outer layer. So this kind of no commitment because they're not paying. They're not kind of stepping closer. Um, they're really just checking it out and that's fine. And then if they're excited about it, they maybe want to step a little bit closer towards the center, which is you and the next step that they might take is to sign up for your newsletter so there's a bit of a of an exchange that's happening um, they are giving you their email address and you are in turn promising to send them your newsletter we see both of you can step away from that exchange anytime it's not huge commitment but it is a little bit different than kind of randomly passing by someone's window and looking at you know what is on their display right and then If they want to come even closer, that might be the point where they're making a purchase from you or maybe they're working with you in a session or they're buying one of your products or they're taking a course or whatever. And that's also the point where you get to have boundaries. You might ask for payment, you might ask for a trade or something else, um, you might run a giveaway, but you probably won't give those things away for free and they won't be accessible to anyone the way they were in the very outer layer and I think for some people there's also the sense that we maybe feel a little bit more privacy or a little bit more appreciation in our newsletters um, than we would when we write a blog post for example and I think that's totally valid it's not true for everyone but for some of us it does feel true that when people make the commitment to receive your newsletter it maybe feels a little bit safer to share honestly with them so that's just something interesting to think about like what does the onion model mean to you what happens at the very outer layer and what happens when people want to come closer and the next thing I wanted to talk about is this you know question of what is icky our newsletters why do we even have to spell out how we might grow a newsletter in an ethical way. I mean, that implies there are unethical ways to grow a newsletter, which I really think is true. (laughs) There are very unethical ways. And so I think for many people there there seems to be kind of like a blog or a hesitation around a newsletter because you don't want to be icky towards people because it just doesn't feel great. It happened to you and you want to make sure you're not doing it to other people intentionally or unintentionally and that's beautiful but I think so often that's maybe holding us back a little bit too much from sharing what we have to share and also leaving people with with the self-responsibility to decide if they want to be on our newsletter or not because as long as you have a clear unsubscribe link at the bottom of your newsletter and you're upfront about what people are signing up for um, you know they have autonomy and they can make that choice so let's name what feels icky because it then becomes much easier to make sure that's not something we do. I'd say the first thing is manip- manipulative language. So that might be language like, you know, if you're ready to change your love life, sign up for my newsletter. And it's weird because it implies that if someone is not ready, they won't sign up. And then it's their fault that they don't have a good love life, which is such nonsense. <laughs> um or it might be something like, uh, you know, everyone who has a successful business is part of my newsletter. Um, uh, you, see, you, you see what I'm going here, right? So you're applying pressure and you're not being really upfront about what someone's signing up for. So you, another way of doing it might be um, an ad that is for a workshop and you're saying the workshop is running live. And then on the sign-up page, you're like, hey, amazing, you know, you want to know how to make six figures in your business, come to my workshop, I'll teach you everything you need to know, Uh, just choose a time where you want to attend live. And then there's a little drop-down and you choose a time and it's usually today or tomorrow, it just happens to be the case, you know, that another live workshop is just around the corner. And so you pick a time and a date, and then you get a link, and you watch the replay, or the recording of a workshop, but it's pretending to be a live workshop. And to be honest, this has happened to me, and I, I kind of really can't believe at this point that people are still trying to pull that trick, because it's so transparent, it just feels super gross, and Also, this idea that you can teach someone everything they need to know about building a six-figure business in an hour-long workshop is just wild. I do think that we need to, you know, many of us, I'd say, need to get better at um, communicating the value of what we're offering. And I really celebrate people's confidence and being like, this has made a big difference to me in my life and I want more people to know about it. That's really beautiful. And um I think what's important in that though is that we're not saying we have the solution for everyone or this is definitely going to work for you or only I have this blueprint that's going to help you achieve X um, because we're all different and there's just no way of knowing that something you have loved will work for someone else as well. But I hope what I just talked about is kind of illustrating to you kind of um where those boundaries might lie for you personally. And I think that will be different for each of us. But as long as we're clear what manipulation and pressure is and how we avoid doing it, there's nothing wrong in getting excited about what we have to share. All right. So next, I want to share some tips with you about how you can um, grow your newsletter list. So firstly, I think it's really important to manage expectations and be really transparent about what people are signing up for, because if you're clear on that, it feels better to share. If, if that's a bit fuzzy and you're like, ah, oh, you know, am I really saying what I need to say here? Is this clear? It, it might hold you back from, you know, really sharing it with people. So have a think about what's realistic for you and what you want to offer people, what will be valuable in your newsletter? What are you intending to share? Many people start out super enthusiastic, they think they can manage a weekly one, and it's just a bit much. I mean, I, to be totally honest, I don't enjoy receiving one every week, there's just no one I can think of where I feel like I want to hear from that person every week, and I believe they have something valuable to share. Not that they're not great, but I think that's just a really big job, you know, uh, writing a newsletter that's valuable is a big deal, it takes time, and I just think that is that is a lot to commit to every single week so I think for me fortnightly or monthly feels really good could be different for you um, but just have a think about really how that fits into your life and your livelihood right now and then uh, managing expectations practically speaking can also be done by being really clear on your sign up form writing a nice welcome email where you're saying thank you so much for signing up here's what you can expect here's how you can work with me if you want to this is what I will be sharing about in my newsletter. I also would say it's really important to have the sign up be pretty easy so you want it on your home page you want to link to it from social media uh, you want to link to it from wherever you give interviews or share any kind of content so don't make people click around it needs to be super clear um you know exactly where they can sign up and um, bearing in mind also that many people will link or click from a mobile which is even more difficult to kind of find what they're looking for if it's not super straightforward to them um, i would recommend not to use mobile pop-ups they can be pretty annoying and make the actual website inaccessible So, I don't know, I've not used pop-ups, generally speaking, in years, and I don't miss them. They can work. Um, A slide-in can be nice sometimes if there's something coming up that you really want to draw attention to. Um, But I would disable them on a mobile, and you can do that easily on a WordPress website, and most other websites as well. It also needs to be really easy, like I said, to unsubscribe. So, I would be really, uh, you know, some people try what you can do, for example, is you, if you send a newsletter, you can cut it off at some point when some newsletter providers offer you the chance um, to cut the content short and then people have to click and it opens up in a browser and only then will they see the unsubscribe button. And I think that's just weird and sneaky. Like if someone wants to unsubscribe, just let them do that. Don't make them repeat their email. That's another pet peeve of mine where if you click the unsubscribe button, you're not automatically unsubscribed, but you have to enter your details in again. And I'm like, hmm, you know, that's that's just annoying. Don't do that, please. Um, Another topic in terms of growing your newsletter is this question of should you offer an incentive? So, for example, um, a live workshop, a workbook download, um, anything like that. And people have different opinions on that so I will, I I think I kind of fall in between that and I'll say, I'll let you know what my own pros and cons are. So I understand totally that people point out that the internet has become this attention economy and if we have something, you know, really for free to offer to people, why aren't we just giving it to them and we're making a trade when is then not really a gesture of generosity it's not really free when we're asking for the email back because that means uh, you know we get in the inbox and we're asking for some attention from them and also technically there isn't always a reason to ask for the email I've seen many people who have let's say like a pdf or they have a workshop replay that, that they want to offer people and so they're just linking that from their website. They're not asking people to sign up with their newsletter with their email address first and I think that's really noble in a way um I really get that. I think that's beautiful, and I think also i'm I'm seeing there that, that if you know if someone really likes the workbook, they checked it out, it had meaning to them, they might still afterwards sign up to the newsletter and it might be kind of a more um liberated choice, you might say. On the other hand, I also want to resist this idea that we as small business owners are kind of free content machines who have to make everything we have to offer freely available and it's never okay to ask something back or to have some kind of boundary. So there really is that too and I think um, that maybe for me also ties back a little bit to what I said earlier about um, this idea of privacy, like maybe there's something that you feel You really want to share only with people who have signed up for your newsletter and that might be your workbook or a replay for something. So there's a bit of a sense of being, um, yeah, being a little bit more private, having a small layer of protection there for your work and yourself and I really understand that and maybe that will change at different points in our business for, for each of us but I think those are okay questions to ask yourself, you know, whether you need that layer of protection or not right now and um, the other piece of course is also that sometimes there are there are really solid reasons for why you need someone's newsletter so if you have a free live workshops that's coming up or you do them regularly then you can really only let people know about that and send them the zoom link for example if you have their email address um, I personally I think after um in the beginning of the pandemic I was in someone else's workshop that was zoom bombed once and I really felt like that was a turning point for me where I was like I do I would never post my zoom link publicly anymore now I would need people to sign up and then if that happens I can at least trace um maybe at least to some extent kind of where that person was coming from what their email address is and so forth so that's something to think about. I have, I would say, especially in the beginning of my business, um, grown my new list by offering free workshops. And it really felt like a win-win to me. I love teaching. I love sharing what I know with people. It's always a super fun way um, to get to know people, to understand kind of what their questions are, what they find hard. And so many of the products that I now have, be that courses or group programs, are really based on my experience in those workshops where we just sat together and we talked about what was up and I then understood kind of how I might be able to be helpful. Um, I still do that a lot, I just in January last month ran a free weekend retreat which I really love doing and people sign up for that and then sometimes they stay on my newsletter list and that's great and I feel really good about that, it doesn't feel manipulative to me. All right, so that was my five cents on the topic of incentives. (laughs) Another important thing, of course, in growing your newsletter list is adding value in some way. And if someone really receives your newsletter and they love it, they'll pass it on to a friend, they will recommend other people sign up too. So how do you, uh, you know, how do you offer value? I think firstly, you need to be really clear on who you're talking to. Um, and who you are yourself in your work and that's a work in progress for all of us I mean I'm changing all the time my community changes of course that's normal but if you're totally shooting out of the blue kind of into into vast space it can be really hard to connect with your readers and to feel like you have a sense of, of who is on the other hand and what they might want to hear about so that is something I think important to journal about or reflect in some way to me, the format is also really important, that That makes it really easy for me, so I use MailerLite as my newsletter provider and when I send a new newsletter I copy the last one and so the structure is still there, it's always the same, I have a header image, then there's the main body text where I share about my past month, what's currently up in my life and what's coming up, some reflections sometimes about creativity or business. Um, and then there's there's a section about what's coming up and it's kind of divided into smaller chunks. It has a little image on the side with text on the other side and a link underneath each, each section. And it will announce something like an upcoming group program, my web design practice, a creative course or whatever I currently have. And I am sometimes also linking to new podcast episodes. So have a think about what format would work for you. Um, Is it more of a letter style? Do you maybe want it to be an audio farmer? Do you want to send video recordings? You know, it's not mandatory to write your newsletter. You have lots of different options there, but having a similar format each time you send one will make it easier for you and it probably will also make it easier for people to take in and engage and receive the value that it has to offer. Another um, idea I want to offer here is... um, the idea that intimacy really is most, more important to people than perfectionism. I don't usually spend more than 45 minutes writing my newsletter, including all the links, testing it, making graphics, and so forth. And there might be the odd typo, but I really don't think that is a problem or takes away of the enjoyment of the newsletter, I would hope. So for me, what's more important is that I'm in a good headspace, that I'm you know having fun writing it. I'm kind of expressing myself I hate to use the word but authentically (laughs) I'm not you know I'm not really holding back I'm just sharing what's on my mind right now I'm not overthinking it that really works for me um might not work for everyone but that's how I enjoy doing it and it feels sustainable for me in that way some people also benefit from more long-term content planning so if you're someone who feels stuck and this idea of offering value freaks you out um, what can help is to have a really simple Excel sheet or um a page in your notebook, where you you're spelling out what you're planning to share for a f- few months out at least. So let's say you're a herbalist. That <laughs> seems to be the example I always turn to. Um, you might say, okay, in January, I'm sharing about roses on social media, in my podcast, on my newsletter. And I want to share some recipes, some ritual practices, some cool facts about roses and so forth. In February, it will be all about dandelion. And in March, it will be nettle or whatever. And so that doesn't mean that you're um, kind of like boxing yourself in or necessarily planning exactly what you're going to say. But it means that when it comes down to, uh, you know, writing your newsletter, you're not reinventing the wheel and you're not getting that panic blank where you're like, oh my God, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, what is my theme this month? I have no idea. You just look at your sheet and you wrote your ideas out at a time or day that felt creative and expansive to you. And you kind of gave your future self, you know, that that reassurance and that starting point that can be really helpful as well. And then finally, I think adding value also comes down to using tag that's really enjoyable to you, because if you have a newsletter system that feels clunky or just kind of not totally intuitive to use, then it's probably going to be harder for you to enjoy the process of making your newsletter. Um, Like I said, I use MailerLite. Um, There are many other cool options out there, many of which are free. And so, have a look around and start with a free trial. That's what I would always recommend. It's really hard to know exactly what it will feel like for you until you tried it. So, maybe take an hour, sign up for three or free two or three um, free trials, and see which provider you really enjoy um, expressing yourself within the most. All right. I think that's almost all I had to share about the topic. Um, it was good to put that into words. <laughs> I hope that you enjoy your newsletter practice. Um, if you have qu- more questions, I would love to hear. I have a course called Newsletter Magic you can check out. It's pre-recorded. You can do it anytime. time. Maybe I'll see you at the marketing immersion. But for now, thank you so much for listening.